Hey, you're about to listen to some bonus content from our series, A Firm Foundation. In this interview, I'll be talking with Michael Wheaton about some of the methods he uses to study the Bible, as well as some of the tools and resources he uses. If any of that interests you, we've included a list in the show notes. Okay, so one of the one of the objects of this series is to give people some tools and some inspiration on how to study the Bible for themselves. So we want to give them obviously the hunger for it, but then mm-hmm. not to say, okay, have fun, yeah. but like give them some tools. Yeah. Um, so I was hoping that we could just have a conversation about the way you study the Bible. Mm-hmm some of the methods that you use to dig into it. So go for it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, first of all, yeah. um, I use a software called eSword. Okay. um, uh, Which is free. Which is free, yep. And they have an app for it. Um, You can get it on your computer for free. Uh, It has a variety of translations of the Bible, a variety of commentaries. It's pretty user-friendly, simple to navigate. Uh, you can look up words uh, and Strong's definition of words, different things. If you want even more uh, translations, you can purchase some additionally. But it's a great tool, a great place to begin and not feel overwhelmed, mm. but very helpful because um, studying the Bible is very daunting right. at first. <laughs> right. It's like I have no idea where to begin or what I'm doing or how to study the Bible, and I don't want it to just be an academic thing. But typically, whenever I start out, um, I pick one book of the Bible that I'm going to study. Okay. If you're just getting started, I would encourage you to start with a small book. I was encouraged to do this. Um, pick an epistle, something like Philippians or James or something short that you're just not going to get bogged down in or it's not going to be like, okay, I still have 15 more chapters. There's <laughs> right. no way I'm going to get through this. <laughs> right. And then once I decide what I want to, to study, I will read through that, especially if it's a short one like Philippians, I'll read through the entire book just one time, like, okay, I just want to get an overview, get familiar with what I'm reading, and then find some commentaries that help explain the background of what I'm reading. So, for example, I've studied the book of Philippians, and when I studied that, I found in some commentaries, oh, well, the church at Philippi started in Acts chapter, whatever, maybe 17 or 16. So I went back and and I started reading through those chapters, like, well, I want to see, well, how did this church start? who are some of the people that are making up this church? So then I'm just going to better understand when I'm going through it, like some of the things that are, that Paul's talking about, it's like, oh, now I have some maybe some reference point mm. to what he's saying. Um, okay, so you're not reading commentaries on the actual letter yet. No, just, just background. background. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, trying to figure out, okay, what's going on? Okay, Paul's in prison writing this, just some basic foundational things that okay. are going to really just lay a foundation. So when I'm going into this book, it's not like I don't have any reference point. As to, okay. I'm just picking it up like... Whatever, I'm just going to be limited in in what I'm able to understand when I'm going through it if I don't have any background information. Okay. Okay. So that's helpful for me. I try not to get too bogged down, maybe just a page or two, and I'll paste these commentaries into a Word document Mm. and then, you know, read through them in the morning and just just shorter ones, simple ones, not, you know, page upon page upon page. Yeah, yeah, you're not reading a whole book about them, right? (laughs) Um, Just to lay a foundation. And then once I do that... I will study it a chapter at a time. Okay. So, and a good 
kind of time frame to give yourself, especially in a smaller book like that, is just spend like one week in a chapter. And mm-hmm. there are certain things I do so that it won't take me much longer than that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and then what I'll do once I've read through the whole book, the you know that initial time, and read some commentary to get a get some background information on this book. Then that first morning that I'm starting chapter one, I read through all of chapter one, and I'm, I pray. I say, Lord, like speak to me, open my understanding, help me understand what you're saying, mm-hmm. help me, you know, I'm inviting the Lord into this time mm. and asking him questions, like mm. trying to relate to the Lord as I'm going through it, um, like open my eyes to things that you want me to see in this, like, and so I'm doing it very prayerfully. And I'll look for key words. So maybe I read through chapter one and, you know, prayer comes up seven times or uh, repentance is coming up over in this chapter. It's like, okay, well, in my mind, this is a key word yep. that, that the writer's wanting to say something about. Yep. So I'll just make a list of some key words. And that can sometimes, I don't always do word studies. But occasionally if there's a word coming up over and over again and I don't fully understand it, that may lead me into a word study. So if there's, you know, faithfulness is coming up over and over again, it's like, okay, well, what does faithfulness really mean? Okay, well, I may spend, you know, an hour studying the word faithfulness. Okay. Um, and how do you do that? So I, again, in eSword, I'll, there's a section where you can look up the Strong's definition. So I'll find the definition of the word. I'll look for verses that this word is used in in other parts of the Bible and make a list of some of those verses. Mm. So I'll see it how it's used in context and other places just to get a fuller meaning. And, and sometimes there's it can be translated as different words that mm. help bring out a fuller meaning. Okay. Um, so yeah, I'll, I'll do something like that. And then getting back on track, I try to make observations as I'm going through it. Um, and with a book like Philippians, I will typically do a verse-by-verse study. Okay. I should have mentioned that. Um, whereas, like, maybe if I'm doing a gospel, I'm going to break it up into sections mm, where things kind of go together. But a shorter epistle, I'll usually study verse-by-verse. Verse. So the way I do that is I literally paste that chapter into a Word document, spaces between each verse, and so I can make observations there. I can, I'll can i insert some commentaries later on in my study there. And then I'll have everything I want about this verse right underneath mm. it, and then the next verse, and everything I want right underneath it. So that's kind of the layout. Mm. And I underline my keywords so okay. I can easily see them. And it, where I'll do like a word study too. So of the word in this verse that I studied, I'll you know I'll paste that kind of underneath that verse. So that's kind of what it looks like on my computer. So yeah, and and just to give you an example of some observations I made going through Hosea 2, I noted that there's some interesting couplets that, that are used in that chapter. So you have like judgment and mercy, wilderness and comfort, trouble and hope. It's like these things that appear to be a contradiction, but yet the Lord groups them together. Hmm. And I thought that's interesting. So it's like, okay, that's the kind of thing I'm looking for that hmm. maybe stands out or I'm noticing is like, wow, I would not have thought that those two things would be connected. Or like in, you know, Peter's epistle, you have suffering and glory. And it's like, how are these two connected? Like, that doesn't make sense in my mind. So anything like that that stands out is an example of an observation that I'm making, and I, and I list those out. Um, 
also, so with keywords, also key phrases. So maybe it's a it's a phrase like, um, help me out here. <laughs> Any phrases that come to mind? Uh, key phrases or key concepts? Like key phrases. So maybe it's not just one word, but it's okay. like he keeps saying a similar statement over and over again. Maybe um, like love of God. Yeah. In First yeah. John or something. Like yeah. That. Ex- yeah. Something like that, or um, fear of the Lord. Mm. You know, those things keep showing up. Yeah, and there's there's other ones that are similar, where it's like it's a, a grouping of like three or four words that is mentioned three or four times in one chapter. Right. And so I want to make note of that. So it may not just be a keyword; it could be a phrase that keeps coming up. And just for an example, in Hosea two, with with some of the key words, so and this, and they may not be very obvious at first, but the word "will" is used twenty eight times, whether it's referring to God saying "I will" or referring to Israel saying "She will." Wow! Or in in reference to God's will, it's twenty two times. So that's a big deal that God's He's revealing His will, and that word is showing up twenty two times in one chapter. Wow! So. But it's not very obvious because it doesn't stand out like a word like repentance or faith right. um, is readily. So these are the kinds of things you're looking for. And you learn a lot about about God and his will when you make note of these things. And then the keywords are very important because later um, on in my study, now I'm looking for themes. So I've, I've gone through the chapter. I've taken time to look for keywords, make observations, read commentaries on on verses, and now I'm going back and looking at the whole chapter and asking the question, what are themes in this chapter? And ultimately, what is the purpose of this chapter? And keywords play a big mm. role in helping to figure out what the theme is. Yeah. So, you know, again, Hosea 2 looking at that, mercy comes up 5 times, lovers 5 times harlotry four times. So you're you're starting to see like, okay, all these words are popping up and now there's a theme here. It's like, okay, God's talking about Israel's lovers, their harlotry and adulteries, but he's also emphasizing mercy and his will. So that begins, you know, showing me, okay, there's a theme here. There's yep. We have idolatry, we have sin, and we have mercy, or we have judgment, we have mercy. Hmm. And then that leads into figuring out what is the purpose of this chapter. What is the writer intending for me to leave with, you know, when I'm done, yep, that's done right. with this? And that's and right. then how does that impact my daily life? So all those things that I'm doing are leading to that. And it doesn't always look the same because depending on the type of book I'm studying, I do it differently. I'm not going to do verse, you know, verse by verse study and Leviticus or something. It's just going to take me forever. <laughs> right. Um, or in a gospel. So mm-hmm. that takes time to just kind of learn. There's there's different mm-hmm. ways to study. Um, I'm usually always looking for, like, what am I observing is happening? Um, are there key words? Are there key phrases? I'm always looking for themes and asking myself, you know, what is the purpose of this? But I may not always be doing a word study. Sure. I may not um, getting bogged down reading a commentary, you know, three commentaries on every verse, mm-hmm. um, but certainly trying to group things that go together. Like if I'm in the gospel, I was um, started studying the gospel of Mark recently, and you know, for me to do one verse at a time, I may be missing the fuller message of what is being said. So it's like, well, really, verses one through five go together in this chapter, so I need to study them as a unit, right? 
so yeah, and again, those things take time. Sometimes I'm, um, I do a topical study. So mm, okay. yeah, and that could be because of a theme that's, that's coming up or I'll make a list of character traits that I see about the Lord. Like what does this passage reveal to me about the Lord? Yeah. And put those down. That Lord's faithful. Wow, the Lord has a will. His will is mercy. He, you know, whatever. So, and then when do you bring in commentaries? So after I do keywords or phrases, after I do any word studies, before I move on to the next verse or the next section, I start reading commentaries on that verse or on that section of verses, and. This has taken time, too, to kind of discover which commentaries I'll gravitate towards. Okay. Um, these aren't the only ones I use, but just kind of a, a sample. Uh, and I have reasons for why I use these ones. <laughs> I understand. Um, so I have what I would classify as more literal commentaries. Um, hopefully I can explain that well. Um, I'll use Matthew Henry, Adam Clark, pulpit commentary. And what I mean by that is there's an emphasis on... Like, what are the facts of this chapter? Maybe there's more of a very literal interpretation of what is happening. So if it's in Hosea 2 and we're looking at Israel, okay, what's happening with Israel in this time? And they're, they're commenting on, on that time period. Uh-huh. And then I have what I would call maybe more spiritual. And what I mean by that is they're bringing out the spiritual realities of what's happening in this passage. So I have like Biblical Illustrator, F.B. Meyer. And what I mean by that is he'll give like these summary comments mm. and he'll bring out the spiritual, like he'll, he may have a sentence on like, okay, Israel's in rebellion against the Lord. But then he's like, pulling out these spiritual truths that are in this passage that are just very deep and that are very, that apply to me. Um, so it's not just like this historical, very literal, like commenting on this and maybe it feels less personal. Yeah. And I don't mean to say that Matthew Henry and Adam Clark aren't personal. It's just, I'm trying to draw a line between, you know, these kind of two different types of, of commentary. Okay. So I read them for those purposes. Like, okay, I know I'm going to get this when I go to these people or more mm-hmm. of this, and I'm going to get more of this when I'm reading these. So I usually read a combination of them. Okay. Um, yeah, and then I'm, I'm asking the Lord to use what I'm studying to renew my mind and make me more like mm. Jesus. So, yeah, I, again, I hope that that kind of makes sense, but it just takes time to figure out which commentaries you like. Some are extremely long, extremely yeah. <laughs> detailed, and it's yeah. like, there's no way. Right. Some of them are more concise and more of a right. summary. Yeah, Yeah. so, you know, I'm just thinking about how to maybe apply this to the challenge that I gave to our listeners. And basically the challenge that I gave at the at the very beginning was, if you don't have a daily time with the Lord, mm-hmm. why don't you start off with, Every day you make a decision, I'm going to spend 15 minutes in the Bible, I'm going to spend 15 minutes in prayer, mm-hmm. and that's my commitment, mm-hmm. you know? And then it's going to need to increase later mm-hmm. on, but establish the commitment. So I'm thinking about maybe somebody who would like to take some of what you're describing there, and in 15 minutes, let's say you spend a week a chapter, mm-hmm. so... If you have seven days of 15 minutes, probably you could spend the first day reading yeah. through the chapter. Mm-hmm. All right? You've done your 15 minutes. Read it a couple times maybe yeah. even. Mm-hmm. Second day, you could just look for observations. Yes. Write down some observations. Yes. And the third day, you could look for 
keywords. Mm-hmm. Fourth day, you could do a short word study. Mm-hmm. Fifth day, you could um, read some commentaries. Read some commentaries. Yep. Yep. And so it, that would give you like a brief, or or that would give you sort of a framework mm-hmm. for a week, and then move on to the next chapter, the next week, and. Like like you said, I can totally relate. It's going to take time mm-hmm. to figure out, I mean, there's which version of the Bible do I read? Mm-hmm. Uh, how do I do keyword studies? How mm-hmm. do I do word studies? The Strong's Dictionary can be very confusing at the beginning. Like, what are all the... There's yeah. symbols in there, and what does any of this mean? Um, you could do word studies for weeks mm-hmm. on some of the bigger words. It just opens up this huge thing of, like, what is hope? And then yeah. you realize... This is an absolutely vast concept, and you could get totally lost. We would just say, don't get lost. You know, you could pray read through one of the, Mm -hmm. through your chapter one day. So I think what you've said gives people some really good tools for their own personal study. And, you know, I'll just share some things that were on my heart this morning for people. Don't get discouraged. Mm-hmm. When you read the Bible, you are reading a book that is unlike any other book mm-hmm. that has ever been written. Yeah. And you are getting a chance to look into divine mysteries. Mm-hmm. So when you read through even a book like Philippians, it's going to raise a lot of questions. It's going to be like, what is this about? And mm-hmm. who is this to? And how do I apply this? Mm-hmm. And not everything is really obvious and depending on your temperament some people can get really discouraged the lord will build mm-hmm. over time you know if you spend 15 minutes every day for 3 months and then you up it to 20 minutes mm-hmm. and then you up it to 30 minutes over time god he opens your eyes in stages. He doesn't open them all at once. Mm-hmm. It's not always super obvious what he's trying to communicate. But over the months and the years and the decades of studying the Bible, it will come open mm-hmm. to you. Yeah. Right? And then, you know, for me, it's been 15 years. And I think I was telling the students in phase two, I was saying this that at the very beginning, it felt like everything I read, I didn't really grasp. Mm -hmm. But 15 years later, I can flip to almost any place in the Bible and at least have a decent idea of Mm -hmm. what's going on, Mm -hmm. you know? So it just, God builds, Mm -hmm. builds. And so your goal should be that in 30 years, you have a good understanding of the Bible. Yeah. I think I'm glad you said that because I think it's hard to take in at first because you're like, well, that just seems so discouraging. (laughs) Like, I'm not even going to understand this after the first... And and you're going to want to give up because it's like, well, I've been doing this for a few weeks and I'm not getting anything. That's the other thing is you may not be able to quote any of the verses that you've been studying in the past week. But I remember Pastor Steve telling me this early on that when you're in the Word of God every day, just faithfully just showing up there, asking the Lord to make His Word real, it's getting into you. Mm. And it's not like I can just spout off a million verses off the top of my head, but 
it's it's like I can just in my mind go, oh yeah, like Philippians four is all about this, or you know Colossians one, Paul is talking all about this. Right. Colossians two, he's talking about. It's like even with Hosea two, it's like. Now I have a great, I don't think I could quote verbatim any verse in it. Right, <laughs> right. But I feel like a knowledge of God and un, somewhat of an understanding of that chapter got into me just right. taking the last two weeks to study this. Mm. And some of the things that I arrived at happened a lot quicker just because of spending a lot of time studying the Word of God um, and having you know some preemptive questions to start the study really helped. But just don't get discouraged when it's like, I don't even remember what I'm studying. Like later that day, yep. someone's like, well, what would you study? I don't really remember. It's getting into you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just takes, like you said, just takes a lot of time. But the Lord's doing something mm-hmm. deep. And then all of a sudden, what ends up happening is you find yourself in a situation or something's difficult and a knowledge of God that you need to go through this comes up. Yeah. And it's like, wow, like the Lord's been doing something in me. Yeah. Like I have something in me that I needed to go through this season of my life. It's a knowledge of God that I would not have had had I not been in his word. But it was far deeper than just being able to quote a bunch of scriptures, you know, or Mm -hmm. like, because you can memorize all these scriptures and they're not in you. They're not Mm -hmm. a part of you. They don't carry you through difficult things that you're facing. But Man, when you, God said, you know, when you sow to the spirit, you reap life and peace. You know, he's not mocked. When we sow to the flesh, we, we reap corruption. When we sow the spirit, like we're reaping something. Mm. We may not, it may not be like that, but we will reap something. Mm. And, and it shows up usually down the road, you're going through something and it's like, okay, the Lord has been changing me. He has been doing something in me because I'm going through this or I'm responding to this thing in a way that I would not have responded before or I wouldn't have been able to go through this trial before. And so that's that's the encouragement. And it's just you're in it for the long haul. You're like, okay, my, my goal is to just know Jesus. Yeah. And if that's what's driving you, then you know, you're going to need to endure because you're going to wake up sometimes and be like, I don't feel like reading the word. I'm tired or I'm just whatever. There's a million reasons why I can't or shouldn't. Yep. Okay. That's awesome. I definitely like the framework uh, that you gave people. So um, that's really helpful. Cool. Thank you. Awesome. You're welcome. All right, thanks for listening. If you haven't already listened to the episode that this content is based on, make sure to check out episode 527.